0: This is our defense. Intent. No one can prove there is poison on the rag. Code red. They're common and accepted in Guantanamo Bay. The order. A. Kendrick gave it. B. They had no choice but to follow it. That's it. about motive? We're a little weak on motive. They had one. Just
2: because a person has a motive doesn't mean they're guilty. Relax.
0: We'll deal with the fence line shooting when it comes up. For now, we start with intent. I don't know what made Santiago die. I don't want to know. I just want to be able to show it could have been something other than poison. Joe, talk to doctors. Find out everything there is to know about lactic acidosis. My father always said a jury trial is not just about the law. It's about assigning blame. Santiago's dead, and he shouldn't be. These nine people are going to insist that someone be blamed for that. Ross is handing them our clients. We're going to hand them Kendrick. This is about a sales pitch. It's not going to be won by the law. It's going to be won by the lawyers. So remember, poker faces. Don't flinch in front of the court members. Something doesn't go our way. Don't hang your head. Don't shift in your seat. Don't scribble furiously. Whatever happens, you have to look like it's exactly what you knew was going to happen.
3: Doctor, was there any
0: sign of external damage? No.
3: Scrapes? No. No
0: cuts? No. Bruises? Broken bones? No. No. Doctor, was there any sign of violence? You mean other than the dead body? (music)
1: This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. What a week we've had. What a week we've had. I opened up with that clip from A Few Good Men, which I've used a million clips from A Few Good Men, because I have to say that's probably my single favorite movie ever because of all the little scenes and all the little everything in it. And uh, in that scene, Tom Cruise is talking about the art of trial lawyers, the art of, you know, he said, he said this trial is not going to be won by the law it's going to be won by the lawyers and as we watched the debate on Wednesday night you saw the posturing you saw you saw everything that Kamala Harris has been been trained to do for the last month and while we are watching it and watching what a and watching her facial expressions and her and her just feed lies to everybody and just the the whole posturing she was doing I, for one, and certainly my wife, Dawn, we're getting, we're getting kind of angry at it. And I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is just an act. This is an act. No matter how much Pence shows that she's lying, she's she's put on an act. It's not going to be won by the stuff they say. It's going to be won by the, the people that vote that don't really have any knowledge of anything she's talking about. It's going to be won by the act they put on. And who won the debate? Well, it depends. Are you talking about how they act? their tone of voice, how mean they were or what they actually said and how true any of that stuff was. Well, we're going to talk about that today, but not till we get through a few other things. And uh, we opened up with that song, Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen. We lost Eddie Van Halen this week, a virtuoso on the guitar. I can remember in my junior year of high school when they came out with their first album, I was 16 and Eddie Van Halen was 22 and he's been a one of the greatest rock guitarist and probably history uh, considered by everybody. He lost his uh, fight with uh, lung cancer that became all kinds of other cancer uh, in his body. And I don't think very many of us knew that he was even fighting it. Um, And we lost, and we lost Eddie Van Halen at at the young age of 65. Um, Very sad, very sad uh I'll I'll give you another little sample of his uh art, artistic guitar stuff in the second half uh but first let's get to let's get to what we're uh, going to talk about today what's happening in this country politically and my opinion of it but first and just in case you have don't know who i am my name is ed hoffman i'm with summit funding if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing and there are a ton of fantastic opportunities out there you just got to be looking for them call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time dear night toll free area code 855-640-2020 you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're not in a place where you can really talk and, you, and then we're going to get in that conversation and then your people at work are going to hear you talking about your personal stuff go to edhoffman.net D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. click on the summit funding logo you'll go to my lending page where you can actually put in as much information as you want me to have tell me how much information you want back you'll hear from myself or one of my talented teammates uh brian goodman cody bradbury Vla- uh lance Lance, Acacia, Eric Marquez, Uh, did I leave anybody out? I don't think so. Um, And we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, If you hear something you want repeated or that you want to share uh, on the show, you can hear the the podcast also at edhoffman.net. Just go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You'll there have uh, this show as well as several past shows that you can uh, download, listen to them on demand. Or you can get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can actually subscribe for free, have it download to your whatever you listen to podcasts on your uh, your computer, your iPhone, your iWatch, your your iPad, your iPod, your mini pad, your maxi pad, anything you can get on get a podcast on, um, and you can have it. We upload it on Friday Friday afternoons. It'll down. It'll download to your device shortly thereafter, and you can hear it whenever it's convenient. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Maybe some days more than others. The Facebook page for the show is facebook.com slash the main event ed um, And if you want to leave a comment on the show, email me at ed at edhoffman.net. OK, so let's get into uh, all we have to talk about uh, this week, because there's a lot of it. The closer we get to the election, the more thick the BS gets. And my assumption is if it wasn't for me, a lot of you just wouldn't know how to cut through it. You certainly wouldn't know. What my opinion was on it, and my opinion is, in my opinion, the truth. So anyway, hopefully you think like me. If you don't, I don't know why you keep listening to me. So as you know, the president was diagnosed with COVID-19 last week. Last week on Thursday, to be exact. Uh, He spent a couple days at Walter Reed Medical Center, which was Friday. He was released on Monday. So he's now back to work at the White House. Let's look at everything that has happened between, starting with the media declaring the president to be headed for certain death after his diagnosis.
2: But there are, of course, these concerns. He has these comorbidities. He's 74 years old. He's clinically obese.
1: He has all of the risk factors that uh, are suggestive of uh, severe morbidity and, and mortality. President Trump is a man in his 70s who is obese. Uh, he also had a trip to Walter Reed. We don't know what that was about.
3: Clinical obesity and high cholesterol put him in a high-risk category for a more severe response and reaction to the disease.
0: The president is 74 years old, which makes him five times more likely to be hospitalized. He obviously is 90 times more likely to die than a young person.
1: Did they say severe morbidity? Is he being morbid? Is that, the, is that, is that a proper word? then they said severe obesity i don't know he's 6'3 243 so he's about 27 pounds lighter than me and he's uh uh seven inches taller i don't know if i was down to 225 i would be i would be looking like uh, sylvester Stallone and rocky three and according to the uh the the charts on online i would be uh, i would be obese at that level uh so i don't know if all this stuff is He's obese. Okay, Chris Christie's in the hospital now with COVID. He's obese. Okay, Trump, I don't consider him obese. Hey, he's got a little extra extra life around his waist. So what? Uh, so with supporters uh, lining the streets around Walter Reed uh, all weekend, Trump thanked them by taking a lap around the block in the presidential SUV. The Secret Service agents in the car were gowned, masked, and wearing eye protection, and the media had a fit. The president here is, to a certain extent, putting these Secret Service agents who are driving him and who are in the vehicle with him uh, at some degree of
0: higher risk. Being in a vehicle with Secret Service agents would potentially expose them. Yet that's precisely what we saw just a few hours ago here at Walter Reed as the president took this joyride. Obviously, the president prioritized, at least here, uh, you know, the public image that he wanted to put forth. This one drive. Really neatly encapsulates the recklessness and the denialism and the
1: the, the, the anti medicine position uh, that that this president his party have embraced you know what's funny is um, these guys will step in front of a bullet for the president and that's what their that's what their job is, similar to what cops do to take it to a little higher level and they have the same cover-up. They have the same personal protection equipment uh, in there as all your friends that are nurses and doctors and physicians' assistants and nursing practitioners that are dealing with COVID people every day. And then at the end of the day, they take their stuff off and go get in their car, stop by the stop by the you know drive-through Jack in the Box or Kentucky Fried Chicken, go home to their families. Nobody's talking about that stuff. Hmm. And it seems weird for Democrats to be concerned about the lives of people that protect Donald Trump for a living. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, hypocrisy in my eyes. Maybe you don't think so. But since I said it, it's right. So uh, when he was released from the hospital Monday, the president uh, walked out, walked out, didn't walk, go out on a wheelchair like most people do. That after they after they have a, uh, you know, uh, a a tooth, a tooth. uh, tooth filled or some minor stuff that you have to go out on a wheelchair he walked out by his own power and uh, made this video i learned so much about coronavirus one thing that's for certain don't let it dominate you don't be afraid of it
0: you're going to beat it don't let it take over your lives don't let that happen we're the greatest country
1: in the world we're going back we're going back to work we're going to be out front as your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. He did what we were supposed to do. Keep people calm. Keep telling them the truth. Make sure that they're not panicking over something as, as hey, you're going to get sick in your life. And you're going to get better. You're going to have some chicken soup. Or you're going to have some Tylenol. Or you're just going to sleep it off and sweat it off. Or you're going to get some antibiotics. You're going to get something. But we all get sick. And we all get better and sometimes sometimes some people don't get better but it's not because you got the flu might be because some other other underlying uh underlying uh issue and trump getting this gave him some firsthand knowledge so he could tell people the truth and keep this uh craziness away this of course got the media even more furious of course you should be afraid of covid Um, and how disrespectful that is. And now we see this tweet,
3: which is
0: heartless. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it control your life yet. You don't have to let it control your life, man, because you live in the White House.
3: It is insulting to every American who wears a mask, who's been laid off as a result of COVID. Everyone should be afraid of COVID. Look what it has already done. I'm flabbergasted by that. And honestly, I cannot stop thinking about it. Donald Trump is telling you, don't be afraid of the deadly
1: coronavirus. Yeah, let me put this in perspective. This is not insulting to everyone who wears a mask. It's insulting to everyone who tried to make us believe that this was so, so something to be so fearful about that will stay in our houses that will stay at home and and uh work from home instead of working from the office or from the your from your job or maybe not work at all and be scared for our lives to stay home and let them let them control us take away our freedoms and and our liberties because we're scared of the flu it's insulting to them because now the president has firsthand knowledge can say hey the same things that i people that i know that got it Hey, I felt I had a scratchy throat one day. I had a headache the next day. Uh, I went and got tested. The next day I was finally I was feeling better. And the day the day after that, I got my results and told me I was positive. I was already feeling better. I don't know. I think uh, I haven't had the flu in a long time. But last time I remember getting the flu or anything else, lasts about two or three days and then you feel better. That depends on if you're eating your chicken soup or not or uh, getting some rest and, uh, you know, Starve a cold, feed a fever. I'm not really sure exactly how, that, how all that relates, but it's part of life. So then Trump waved from the White House balcony when he, uh, when he got, got back to the White House from the outside of the White House, from the outside of the residence where only his family goes and the few, uh, few people that, that service them in the, in, the, in, the, in the residence part of the White House, making sure not to take his mask off until he actually got outside. And, oh, my God. It's like something out of North Korea.
3: The dear leader comes out.
1: I thought it was a strong man balcony scene. I wake up some days, uh, well, uh, well, frankly, feeling that we're in the grips of a madman. This one just got out of a hospital
2: with a million drugs in his system. Mm
1: -hmm. I I don't think he looked very good. Don't even put it on the screen. Please take it off, because that's going to kill people. Remember, remember hey, you got to keep social distance. If you're out at the beach, in the sunshine... Outside, make sure you stay six feet away from other people. Well, I don't know. The second floor second floor of the White House has uh, got to be 15, 20 feet from the ground. And for those of you that haven't been to the White House, you know, the average supporter out there doesn't get very darn close to the White House. I think on one side of the White House, which doesn't look like the residence side, I think you get about 25 yards away. On the ground compared to him being on the second floor waving, and the other side it's about a hundred yards or more on the on the big lawn. the 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 fences go way out there, not an area you could mow with a regular mower. So anyway, I think this is a little overblown. And I think you guys with logically thinking brains can see through it. So, uh, but the Democrats keep playing politics this week. They don't like they do always. This time it's regarding the third COVID relief bill. Nancy Pelosi has been badgering the Republicans to pass her 2.2 trillion dollar bill to crush the virus. So that we can reopen the economy and our schools safely. Yet her bill would do very little to achieve those goals, crushing the virus and all that stuff. I'll just give you a couple of highlights. Uh, One section of it is about rewriting election law for 2020. You know, We're four weeks from the election. It's going to bar all voter ID requirements. That's important for coronavirus, forcing states to count absentee ballots that arrive as late as 10 days after Election Day. What does that do for people who need some help because they're not working yet? And imposing same-day voter registration everywhere in every state, while today only 21 states allow it. Currently, then there's some money for school districts, 4.7, bi- billion to state and local governments with no strings attached uh, grants, restaurants, $5 billion for community block grants that don't have any don't have any strings attached. And the only health related spending in Pelosi's bill is 200 million for vaccine awareness campaign. Now, it's not for the vaccine. It's not for vaccine distribution. It's for vaccine awareness. Reminds me of a scene from the movie, Dave the commerce department yes mr president
0: uh you're spending 47 million dollars on an ad campaign to boost consumer confidence in the american auto industry yes sir uh well, you see it's designed to bolster individual uh confidence in a previous domestic automotive purchase so we're spending 47 million dollars so that somebody can feel better about a car that they've already bought Yes, sir, but I wouldn't characterize that. Way. No, 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 I'm sure that's important, but I don't want to tell some eight-year-old kid that he's gotta sleep in the street because we want people to feel better about their car.
1: Yeah, I don't think we need to spend two hundred million dollars for vaccine awareness. I think people I think most people, even the people that buy this crap, are are aware they have to wear a mask to go out of their house. And uh, you know, I see people driving in their cars alone with the windows rolled up wearing a mask. Uh, I think you got people scared beyond any reasonableness. So $20 million to upgrade the CDC. I think that means remodel $500 million for a nursing strike force to respond to nursing homes. I think they should have thought about that uh, maybe seven or eight months ago uh, when, they, when uh, Cuomo started putting people, demanding that nursing homes take in COVID people so they kill everybody else that was already there that didn't have it. President Trump has already said he won't negotiate with the Democrats over this massive bill until, the, until after Election Day. But he's interested in discussing standalone bills for, for specific needs. For example, the airline industry. Listen to Pelosi's response on Thursday's press conference.
2: The question is, what if there were to be a standalone bill, what does that look like? And the only point about negotiations is Ain't going to be no standalone bill unless there's a long term, a a bigger bill. And it could be part of that or it could be in addition to that.
1: Ain't going to be no negotiations. Amazing. Amazing. In the same press conference, Pelosi spoke about invoking the 25th Amendment to the Constitution to have President Trump removed from office. 25th Amendment was enacted in 1965 in response to Kennedy's death, to JFK's death and how to put a. so we have a preparation for this when president is, is sick or dies or something like that, has a disability. I don't know what the prospects
2: are when we hear people saying I'm I'm young and I'm a perfect, perfect specimen. Come here tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the 25th Amendment, but not to take attention away from the subject we have now. Do you think it's time to invoke the 25th Amendment? I'll talk to you about that tomorrow. Sorry. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. I'm not talking about it today except to tell you If you want to talk about that, we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, because we don't want to talk about anything until she has our full audience and builds it up. So everybody's uh, is is just salivating over what she might say. And of course, uh, Friday morning, Friday morning, she said this.
2: Congress has a constitutional duty to lay out the process by which a president is president's incapacity and the president of any party is determined. This bill honors the duty by creating a standing commission of top former executive officials and medical experts selected in a bipartisan, bicameral way. A president's fitness for office must be determined by science and facts. This legislation applies to future presidents. But we are reminded of the necessity of action by the health of the current president.
1: Yeah, the health of the current president. Remember when we remember when we said, hey, we got to follow the science. Well, hold on. Let me rephrase that. Uh, remember when the Democrats say follow the science, man, because, you know, Democrats, anything Biden says, he is the Democrat Party now. So, hey, man, follow the science. We just don't trust Trump. We want to follow the science. He just ignores that. So the White House doctor said on Thursday that Trump would be okay to, would be free to. He's he's well enough, and I assume he's tested negative for coronavirus now. That he would be okay to go back to public events this weekend, which I assume means Sunday, which would be about ten or eleven days since he was diagnosed. But we want to uh, appoint a bipartisan council of former executives and uh, and and people that are that are politicians essentially to determine whether he's fit for office so we can so we can put somebody else in and take him out how desperate must the democrats be right now we're uh four weeks from tuesday or is it three weeks from tuesday uh election day november 3rd we're getting really 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 close and the closer we get the closer we get the more desperate these the democrats are are becoming now they want to cancel the the debate coming up on the 15th or the 16th because of coronavirus so the doctors i.e. science says he's fine they're socially distanced on stage but joe biden doesn't want to do the doesn't want to do the debate he's trying to get out of it and nancy pelosi saying nope One and done one and done. That's all. He doesn't he shouldn't even go there. And now they're using the coronavirus to say they're not going to do it. They want to do it virtual. So virtual means. He can cheat. You won't be able to see teleprompters behind the cameras. You won't be able to do any of that. And Trump says, no, I'm not participating in a virtual debate. They want to be they want to be. Live on the stage, so there's, so it's not so easy to cheat. Can't can't have people advising him behind the scenes or talking into his ear, any of that stuff, and telling him what to say because Joe Biden isn't smart enough to know what to say. He's not smart enough, and you know they're saying, hey, he kind of lasted the whole ninety minutes last week, so uh you know, hey, that's probably as good a way, as we can hope for. And Trump didn't stop talking when he had him on the ropes. He should have he should have shut up and let Biden uh, hang himself. And so it was so chaotic, nobody really noticed when when Biden was losing it. So, hey, one and done. He survived it. Nobody got hurt. There was no permanent damage. Let's stop. Please recognize this for what it is. It's cheating. It's cowardice. You know, all week, all week, uh, Biden's been in his basement again. It's like uh, not very long till the election. Shouldn't he be out campaigning? and where's the farthest he's even been from home he was on that train track thing for uh for like two or three days i think he got as far as michigan uh which is a, is like in a car it's probably uh you know a 12-hour drive from from delaware maybe a little bit longer shouldn't he be getting all the west coast states shouldn't he be actually campaigning anyway think about that for five minutes while we're breaking for some commercials traffic Sports and weather, and I'll be back with part two, and we'll talk about the vice presidential debate. Don't go away. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM five ninety. The answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last twelve months. So, what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly one reduce your payment, two pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman,
0: NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number zero nine two five eight three seven Equal housing opportunity.
3: AM 590, the answer.
1: Back to part two of the main event. This half we got to listen to the opening uh, guitar riff from Hot for Teacher. Dan, my engineer, sends it sounds like a swing song, not rock and roll. I say uh, it's definitely not disco. It's not a dance tune, but it sure made a hell of a video for all of us uh, teenage kids back there. I'll, uh, let me just rephrase that for all of us teenage boys back there. Probably the probably one of every, every teenage boy's favorite videos. Um, but you know, uh, Eddie Van Halen, we lost this week, age sixty five. Too young, too young, too young, and uh, actually too close to my age. So uh, Eddie Van Halen, uh, rest in peace, buddy. Um, we uh, we enjoyed we enjoyed you. Won't forget you. You live in you live in uh, in history on iTunes dvds and albums and uh probably some cassettes and eight tracks too but they don't think eight tracks were gone before they started i think we still had eight tracks back then i think their first album came out in uh february of 1978 which was about uh six months after i got my driver's license so you know you know how uh 16 year olds driving behind the wheel uh you know trying not to go through stop lights and stop signs and bump into things. Uh, so anyway, so let's talk about the uh, in the first half. We talked about uh, uh, COVID and all the craziness with the president getting COVID. And let's talk about the, the only debate between the vice presidential candidates that happened Wednesday night in Utah. I thought it was a, a lot, more, uh, lot more civil than the presidential debate because everyone was appalled by how uh, Trump and Biden went after each other, which I'm assuming the second and third debates uh, we'll be more civil because, OK, let's take a deep breath. Let's go back. Let's fix our mistakes. And I uh, kind of like the kind of like covid when Trump said at, at the debate, hey, we didn't know what we were dealing with at the time. And it's evolved even from the scientists. You no, know, they're telling us wear masks. Don't wear masks. Hey, it's not that it's nothing to worry about. Nancy Pelosi walking through Chinatown. Hey, it's great. Come here to Chinatown. It's it's great. It's nothing to worry about. And now today it's it's the deadliest thing ever because we don't want the, we don't want Trump going out and actually campaigning, and we don't want uh, Biden to feel obligated to do the same thing Trump's doing because he doesn't like getting out of the basement that much. If you follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, you saw moments that stood out to me because I was constantly tweeting, and if you don't, you'll hear him right now so moderator Susan Page, who seemed very biased to me, just like Chris. Chris Wallace was, even though he's on Fox, he's a Democrat, and of course we know we have a Biden, uh, former Biden uh, uh, intern that was set to do the the debate this coming week, whether it happens or not. So uh, she started off with top top, started off the topics with COVID, giving Kamala Harris an opening to bring up Bob Woodward tape of Trump saying he didn't tell all Americans about the virus, the virus being airborne because he didn't want people to panic. We learned that they knew about it. And then when that
3: was exposed, the vice president said, when asked, well, why didn't y'all tell anybody? He said, because the president wanted people to remain calm. So I want to ask the American people, how calm were you when you were panicked about where you're going to get your next
1: roll of toilet paper? Hey, can you imagine? Can you imagine if we panicked people more when they were hoarding toilet paper? Can you imagine that? that hoarding would have turned into looting and stealing, robbery, panic, chaos, uh, riots, all kinds of stuff, because people get desperate and they do desperate things. President of the United States job is to keep everybody, is to keep everybody calm, safe. Things are never as bad as they they seem. Things are never as good as they seem. Don't panic. It's not that bad. And as it turns out, Eight months later, after we've been stuck in our houses, eight months later, it's really just the flu. Although some people will still argue with that. So, can you imagine what would have happened, and how would him telling people that it was worse than it is have helped when people were were uh, were hoarding toilet paper? And uh, you know, I've seen uh, I've seen fights in the in the uh, in the stores where someone bought three packages of toilet paper, and someone says, "Hey, you just bought three packages. Can I have one of them?" can I just buy one of them, you know, in the store before they paid for them and, and they won't let them have it. Um, I don't really, I don't really see how Trump could have fixed that. And then of course, uh, two months later, there's signs on, on the Sam's and Costco and the, and the grocery store stater Brothers, saying, Hey, we're not taking giving refunds or taking uh, or, or returns on toilet paper or hand sanitizer or certain, a whole bunch of different stuff, uh, Uh, personal protective equipment because people went crazy and then they figure out hey i don't have money for food because i bought all this toilet paper i even saw one car a bmw hatchback with a with writing on the back uh face mask five dollars uh personal uh hand sanitizer three dollars and they're selling them out of the back of the car can you say idiocy So anyway, um, Kamala also blamed the president for the economic effects of COVID. Let's talk about respecting the American people. You respect the American people when you tell them the truth.
3: You respect the American people when you have the courage to be a leader speaking of those things that you may not want people to hear, but they need to hear so they can protect themselves. But this administration stood on information that if you had as a parent, if you had as a worker knowing you didn't have enough money saved up, and now you're standing in a food line because of the ineptitude of an
1: administration that was unwilling to speak the truth to the American people. How could him telling the truth have changed anything about how much they had in savings? It's not a time to to wait till you're... Till you find out that the coronavirus is here and you're gonna have to stay in your houses and you're and you just lost your job. That's not the time to keep people aware that they don't have any money in savings. You know, that's not the time to, hey, you know, they're in a food line and they're this and they're that. They don't have enough savings. What does that have to do with telling people anything about coronavirus? People should be saving starting when they're young for that rainy day that is when we have to get locked down. Of course. I saved for years and years and years and took 59 years until, uh, until I saw this, this kind of system, this kind of, uh, of rainy day. But that's not when you, when the thing happens, not, hey, how much, I saw something on, uh, on the TV this morning. Well, you're talking to a, to a financial guy I say, well, how much do you recommend for your clients they should have in savings? Well, why would you ask that today? The amount of money you have in savings just needs to be something you're aware of. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, certainly a year ago, so you could put money in savings for a rainy day. Now's the time. Hey, you should start putting this much money in savings now that you don't have any income and you're you're shut down at your house, you don't have you don't have a job. Come on, folks, wake up. Financial financial intelligence is something that should be taught in school. And and uh, just so you know, I'm currently writing a book and there's going to be a whole bunch of that in there. So stay tuned. I'm hearing it's going to be done. I figured it'd take a year and a half or two years, but I'm being told we're a hundred pages into it. Um, I'm, I'm told it's going to be done in a few months. So I don't know how soon it'll be on the market, but it's coming folks. It's coming. So let's go on to the next part. Kamala isn't backing down from her claims that a vaccine developed while Trump is president would inherently be unsafe. If the public health professionals, if Dr. Fauci, if the, the doctors Tell us that we should
3: take it. I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should ta- that we should take it, I'm not taking
1: it. Hmm, that's interesting. So if Fauci gave you a little Dixie cup full, Dixie cup full of Kool Aid and said, "Drink it." She would just drink it. She doesn't have a logically thinking brain. She doesn't. She doesn't seriously believe that Trump invented this vaccine, right? And we're only going to give it to Democrats. And sure, hey you know, drink this drink this vaccine or take this vaccine and only Democrats get to have it the first day. And, uh, you know, just trust us. We're going to stick this needle in your arm. Can you believe that? Can you believe that crap? They're just trying to scare people, just trying to scare people. I personally am not taking it no matter when it comes out. I'm not taking a vaccine just because I don't trust just about anybody, just about anybody now. But my logically thinking brain, my common sense tells me that, we're not going to come out with a vaccine that's not going to be good until it's good. Trump's not in the lab making this stuff. He's not overseeing it. He has nothing to do with it other than, Hey, uh, what was that? uh, That uh, thing he put it, Uh, operation light speed or operation uh, uh, something along those lines to get it, get everything, get all the uh, drug companies working on it fast. I don't know if you think, if you think this is scary about the vaccine, um, Beyond just sticking a needle in your arm for anything, um, you got to be—you're smoking crack, or uh, you're drinking—you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's call that. So Harris must have forgotten she was debating Mike Pence, because most of the time she spent making personal attacks on Donald Trump. Here she is preying upon America's lack of financial knowledge even more when talking about President's personal debt. We now know, because of great
3: investigative journalism, that Donald Trump paid $750 in taxes. When I first heard about it, I I literally said, you mean $750,000? And it was like, no, $750. We now know Donald Trump owes and is in debt for $400 million. And just so everyone is clear, when, when we say in debt, it means you owe money to somebody. And it'd be really good to know who the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, owes money to because the American people have a right to know what is influencing the President's decisions.
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. What's influencing the President's decisions? While well, she's backing up Joe Biden, who took, uh, who got a... Uh, three hundred three and a half billion dollars from the mayor of Moscow and uh, had uh, a million dollars a year being transferred through a Ukrainian uh, company to her to his son in exchange for one point six billion of our tax dollars and uh, then got a billion and a half from the Chinese government to his son's uh, his son's company. I don't know. Are we are we really talking about this? Should Biden be on the stage to, to talk about this, too? And you know, four hundred million dollars in debt. If people are, if you think people are stupid enough to have to define, hey, what that means $400 dollars in debt means you owe it to somebody. Okay, she thinks all you guys are stupid enough to not know what in debt means. So she certainly know, she certainly can depend on not knowing. Hey, being four hundred million dollars in debt as a single sentence sounds pretty sounds pretty bad. But, you know, we didn't talk about what was collateralizing that debt. Collateralizing means you borrowed something against something of value. Okay, so if you have $400 million in debt, but it's secured against real estate and hotels and resorts uh, that are worth $10 billion, you're at 40% loan to value. Let, let me give you uh, another example. Uh, my wife and I have $4 million in debt on two commercial buildings. Of course, one of those commercial buildings is worth $5 million, and one of them's worth $3 million. Anybody want to take over my debt? Because uh, one of them is the building that we work out of, and the other one uh, that has a $19,000 payment gives me $35,000 a year in, in rents after the management and all the expenses. Anybody want to trade? Oh, he's got $400 million in debt. So take what I just explained to you and multiply it by a million Anybody want that? Anybody want that? But hey, you low knowledge voters, which I assume none of you are, but the, our friends that don't listen to the same programs you do, you those no, low knowledge voters. Oh, my God. And coming from uh, Joe Biden, who has the lowest net worth of anybody in, in the Senate. If you Google it, you'll find that out. I don't think he had any net worth until he started getting it from uh, getting it from other foreign countries. In exchange for our tax dollars, I don't know. I think, in my, in my, uh, in my opinion, in my common sense, in my vocabulary, that sounds like embezzlement or extortion. Um, but those are bad words. Those are against the law. So um, we don't, we don't tie those to Biden. Oh, total, totally, totally, uh, totally untrue. Totally untrue. It's been uh, completely. Uh, what's the word he used last at the debate? Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But you know, what? you see how they say things out of context. They say things out of context to scare people. They don't fin- finish the sentences. So let's, let's talk about some more of that. So it wouldn't be a 2020 debate without a bunch of climate change talk, but Mike Pence came prepared. You
0: yourself said on multiple occasions when you were running for president that you would ban fracking. Joe Biden looked a supporter in the eye and pointed and said, I guarantee, I guarantee that we will abolish fossil fuels
3: first of all, I will repeat, and the American people know that Joe Biden will not ban fracking that is a fact that is a fact
1: yeah well i don 't know if, if it 's if it's really a fact that he would never get rid of fracking and let me just explain before i before I prove this point you know fracking, and I may be oversimplifying it is they drill down in today 's drilling the the drills go down they don't just go straight down they go down and sideways and angle ways and apparently you can you can drill like uh, a million acres with equipment that only takes up the size of a football field so it's not just a bunch of drill holes straight down they go sideways and angle ways and all kinds kind of like a wonk
3: this is the great glass wonk it's an elevator. It's a wonka-vator. An elevator can only go up and down, but the wonkavator can go sideways and slantways and
1: long ways and backways and squareways and, square
3: and frontways and any other ways that you can think of.
1: So, for those of you that didn't know what a wonkavator was, that's from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from about 1976. 75, 74, I don't know, I was uh, probably about 13. So fossil fuels are extracted by fracking, which basically go down, they drill, and then, and as I understand it, they put pressurized air or pressurized water or they put some pressure on it and it forces the the oil and the natural gas to the top and then they get it from there as opposed to having to hit the exact spot. So here's a guy who sounds a lot like Joe Biden telling a kid he's going to get rid of fossil fuels.
0: Um but, but, kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay you don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you we're gonna end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you okay
1: yeah, well, I guarantee you he's gonna abolish fossil fuels i don't know is is that lying uh you know you know lying Kamala needs to tell us when exactly that Trump, that that lie that Joe is is telling the truth, and when he's and when he we should be knowing that he's not telling the truth. When is he just lying? Because we take when he says something that that's what he means. Of course, according to my observation, he says things based on whoever he's in front of, whoever he happens to be in front of. If you're in front of a bunch of oil workers in uh, North Dakota or Texas, um, you say one thing because you don't want them to not vote for you because you're gonna. Take their jobs away, and if when you 're in front of coal workers in West Virginia or Kentucky, you certainly don 't say anything things about abolishing coal when you 're in front of a bunch of climate change people that think fossil fuels are bad that 's when you say we 're going to get rid of fracking we 're going to get rid of fossil fuels, and we 're going to get rid of all those polluting things, and we 're going to put a bunch of those put a bunch of those solar panels up and, and of course, I like these wind things, all those windmills if you drive out towards Palm Springs or a lot of places, and you see all those windmills up there. That about uh, 10% of them are spinning and it's a windy day. Um, you know, I don't know how that's, how that's working out. So on to the Obamacare disaster and Trump's administration's efforts to have overturned it. The topic prompted Kamala Harris to tell the biggest lie we've heard all night. Talk about a scare tactic.
3: If you have a pre-existing condition, heart disease, diabetes, breast cancer, they're coming for you. If you love someone who has a pre-existing condition, Thank Thank they're you, coming Harris. for you. If you are true. under the age of 26 on your parents' coverage, they're coming for you.
1: Yeah, this sounds similar to the same things that uh, Biden said 12 years ago when he said Trump's going to put you all back in chains. When he was r- when Obama was running against uh, Romney, they're going to put you all back in chains. And speaking of the Obama administration uh, of the Obama administration's debacles, remember their obsession with clean energy jobs whatever those are. It's been 12 years since Obama first promised all those jobs, and they're still promoting that today by Biden and Harris.
3: Joe Biden's economic plan, Moody's, which is a reputable Wall Street firm, has said will create 7 million more jobs than Donald Trump's. And part of those jobs that will be created by Joe Biden are going to be about clean energy and renewable energy.
1: Yeah, you guys remember when uh, Obama said that? And then you guys remember $500 million going to a company called Solyndra and a whole bunch of other companies? And how did that work out back then? I don't think it did. And, uh, And then she said, according to Moody's, a reputable Law Street firm, remember this little scene from the movie The Big Short?
0: Can you name one time in the past year where you checked the tape and you didn't give the banks the AAA percentage they wanted?
2: we don't give them the ratings they'll go to moody's right down the block
1: yeah they, they were talking to some lady at standard and pours which is the competitor of moody's well if we don't give them the ratings they they'll go right down the street to to moody's and moody's people are saying the same thing if we don't give them the ratings they'll go over to standard and pours and we'll lose that rating business and so moody said it said hey this is going to create seven million more jobs than, than trump did they can't be bought they're a reputable reputable Uh, independent Law Street firm. And that's convenient when it happens. In the foreign policy portion of the evening, Harris took swipes at every diplomatic effort that Trump administration has made, starting with China and the trade war. You lost that
3: trade war. You lost it. What ended up happening is because of a so-called trade war with China, America lost 300,000 manufacturing jobs. Farmers have experienced bankruptcy Because of it, we are in a manufacturing recession. Because of it.
1: Well, I don't remember us losing 300,000 manufacturing jobs. And essentially, the Clinton administration decided it was a good idea to let China, a communist country, admit to the World Trade Organization so they could trade with the rest of us, even though they're communists and they and they abuse they abuse and mistreat their own people. And that led to uh, them coming on the scene, selling us their goods. And while they didn't buy our goods without putting a big tariff on them, so we build cars and send them to China, they add like a twenty-five or thirty percent tariff on it. So it makes our cars less affordable. But we never did anything, and the and all the presidents before Trump didn't have the didn't have the guts to deal with it. Trump did. So, and I don't re- remember uh, uh, farmers not being taken care of because. Uh, Trump gave, gave a bunch of relief to the farmers who were being affected by it immediately that would turn around within the years. Here's more foreign policy wisdom from Kamala Harris. You
3: look at our friends at NATO. He's walked away from agreements. You can talk, look at the Iran nuclear deal, which now has put us in a position where we are less safe because they are building up what might end up being a significant nuclear arsenal. We were in that deal, guys. We were in the Iran nuclear deal with friends, with allies around the country. And because of Donald Trump's unilateral approach to foreign policy, coupled with his isolationism, he pulled us out and has made America less safe. So, Susan, it's about relationships.
1: Yeah, we were in a deal with friends. Since when is Iran our friend? They're the biggest sponsor of terrorism and and paying, paying terrorists to kill our people. I don't know. Then it got to the Supreme Court. Biden and Harris aren't attacking Amy Coney Barrett's religion because they're people of faith just like her.
2: Senator Harris, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, what would you want California to do? Would you want your home state to enact no restrictions on access
3: to abortion? First of all, Joe Biden and I are both people of faith, and it's insulting to suggest that we would knock anyone for their faith. And in fact, Joe if elected will be only the second uh, practicing Catholic uh, as president of the United States.
1: Hey, since when are people of faith and practicing Catholics pushing to make sure abortion rights are uh, protected? I don't know. That just doesn't seem right to me. Since Kamala is a former prosecutor, I mean, prosecutor, she knows all there is to know about police reform. For example, if we had just banned chokeholds, the incident that caused this sheer pandemonium in our streets for the last five months would never have happened. Bad cops are bad for good cops. We need reform of our policing in America
3: and our criminal justice system, which is why Joe and I will immediately ban chokeholds and carotid holes. George Floyd would be alive today if we did that.
1: Yeah, I can guarantee you banning chokeholds isn't going to keep bad cops from putting their knees on people's necks. Just like banning guns isn't going to keep isn't going to keep criminals from having guns. Because criminals don't care about the law. So it, let's it, let's end this show with a kind of a peculiar statement that Joe Biden made the day the morning after the debate. This
0: is one of the finest persons I've ever dealt with. This is a person who is ready on day one to be president of the United States of America. This is a person that has more integrity in her little
1: finger than most people have in her whole body. I didn't realize on day one she was going to be the president. I thought Biden's running for president. I don't know. That's just something peculiar I've ever, that you ever hear a presidential uh, candidate say. And uh, she's got more integrity than anyone he's ever met in her little finger. I don't know. I think uh, he hasn't, he's met a lot of people. That's a bold statement. And based on the stuff she said at the debate, I would have to debate that. So anyway, hey, I'm out of time for this episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman. I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit
0: Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it and the biggest reason it's your equity use it when you want it interest rates are low which means more money available so if you've inquired before and it didn't work it may work today calling to find out more details is free so call me at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the summit funding logo
3: am
0: 590 the answer